909, good morning, folks. Hey, we got a special edition of the party line today. Gonna learn all about 911. You know that phone number you can dial. Well, listen to me dial, but uh, call and uh, report some sort of urgent need. Um, hopefully, an emergency, right? Uh, you'll understand all of that more as we get through this. Teresa Fatzimler, our guest this morning, she heads up to the Athens County um, 911 system. Good morning, folks. It's uh, 45 degrees outside our studios here and uh, on Columbus Road. And they say it's going to climb up to 84 today. Going to be a lot different tomorrow. 74 are high. But uh, anyway, very pleasant last night, certainly. Um, Teresa Fouts-Himler, good morning. Good morning. Welcome. Get uh, Bring that mic just a little closer to you. You can scoot your chair maybe since that arm doesn't move too far. Anyway, good morning. So, um, you know, this is National Telecommunicator Week. I didn't even know that when I booked the show. So the date is perfect, right? I mean, you know, this is um, in our our county has uh, signed a, uh, what do you call it, a proclamation also, our commissioners, and they've joined this national effort to make sure these sort of things are well known, right? That's correct. Yeah. We are honoring our dispatchers and providing food and small gifts the entire week. We've received food just to show them appreciation of what they do on a daily basis mm -hmm. and um now so your, your staff that is right that's correct yeah. yes now um this um but this is nationwide and it's um this week so what a coincidence that we booked the show i i i was surprised when i learned that so the 911, that's what we're really talking about, folks. Um, you know, that we've over the years, we've been told, call 911 if there's an emergency. And uh, so types of emergencies and things like that. Um, what, are, what are the things that are most common? Um, people call you for what reason most common? The majority of calls that we get are um, that are actual 911 calls are life safety emergency calls. Whether you need an ambulance, your house is on fire, domestic disturbance, um, any escalating emergency that would jeopardize life or safety. Okay. And um, your operations are located where? We are located at 13 West Washington Street, the basement of the Athens County Sheriff's Office. Okay. Um, I, I think I've been down there over the years, but I don't recall exactly how large it is. Um, is it a sizable space? Um, no. Oh. We have outgrown the infrastructure. We have no room for growth. We are in the process of procurement to obtain a construction manager at risk to build a new facility. We've already 
purchased land in the Plains. Our new facility will be located directly across from the Plains Elementary School. Okay. And um, is this a two-year project or, you know what I mean, when do you think that might be done? Well, we've been out to bid twice. And what we're running into right now with all the construction costs and construction companies not available to do the project. So we are closing on our bid April, 31st, April 30th, and we're hoping that um, we get that builder under contract where we can start the process. Once the building, the ground is broke, we're looking at approximately 15 months. Okay. Well, um, Teresa, you're the director of the 911 Emergency Communications Center. Um, give me a little bit about your background. What, uh, how did you get to this post? Well, I was hired in 1997 as an emergency dispatcher. Okay. I sat in the hot seat for over 20 years, then took a supervisory role then in 2021, I was hired as the director of operations. Okay. Um, so you've been doing it a while, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. I'll bet there's some stories behind. Uh, do, you, do you have recollections of certain incidents that you were called about and, and how they, do they ever affect you personally? Yes, there's a lot of incidents that I can recall. And you, you always got to, your training and your ability to know how to handle the situation plays a big role because what you learn over the years is bad things happen to good people <laughs> and there's nothing you can do and life moves on. But we have to be the best we can be when somebody's reaching out in a time of an emergency, we've got to be professionals, we've got to be trained, we've got to make that situation the best it can be in a bad situation. It may be the worst time in somebody's life and we've got to be professional, we've got to be empathetic, and we've got to handle that call to the best of our ability, our trained ability. When you do that, you can walk out each day and understand you did the best you could do and there was nothing more that you could do to help that person in the time of need. Yeah. Well, um, so the um, the nine one one center. Uh, each county has one, right? That's correct. And um, how many people are engaged in that center? I guess employees of that center. And um, yeah, how many? I have 14 full-time dispatchers. I have three intermittent dispatchers, which fill in the full-time yeah. days off. If somebody's off or sick or vacation. Exactly. Yeah. I have a coordinator who is my technology. Um, he takes care of all the upgrades, technology, networking, problems that we have Joshua Clegg he is um, he is the brains of the technology of my center and I have an administrative assistant McKenna Weirich she handles all my payroll human resources uh, scheduling 
So we have three administrators, 14 dispatch staff, and three intermittent employees. And out of that 14, I have three shift supervisors. Okay. So at, at, uh, at the highest time, uh, and you may say that's from 6 to 12 p.m., um, is there a time when there's more dispatchers than other times? Yes. Okay. So our peak hours are anywhere from 2 to 5 o'clock. Really? Yes. I would think it would be later than that, but that's okay. Well, I think because maybe it's schools letting out, people are coming to work, getting off work, so yeah. you have more uh, traffic-related incidents during those hours. Okay, 2 to 5 p.m. Um, so how many dispatchers or, or people answering phones are required during that period? So I have anywhere between three to four. Okay. And then from 3 a.m. in the morning till 7 a.m., those are our least amount of calls, and we have two dispatchers for th those hours. I get it. Makes perfect sense. Um, now, um, I, I, I don't know if you have these statistics, but let's try it. Um, during a typical year, recently uh, how many calls were made to the Athens County 911 center so to the center actual 911 calls we had close to 40,000 40,000 yes and our dispatchers not only answer 911 calls but we also answer non-emergency calls we're uh, I consider our center the catch-all to Athens County. We okay. answer non-emergency calls as well, and we filtered 60,000 non-emergency calls. That 60 is not among the 40, right? Right. So that's a total of 100,000 calls. That is correct. Holy cow. Now, uh, by non-emergency, give me an example of a few examples of what that might be. So if you contact the Athens County Sheriff's Office and your vehicle was broken into overnight, your mailbox has been vandalized, you have a tree down in, okay. um, on the road. Okay. And, of course, the emergency calls means someone's in trouble now and they need help, right? That's correct. Life safety. Okay. 100,000 calls between the two, two categories. Remarkable. Um, I hate to ask because I don't want to expose anything, but is how many do you find were not legitimate? You know what I mean? A lot. A lot. Mm -hmm. okay. Probably 25% of our calls are non-emergency. Okay meaning um, phantom calls. People are sticking their cell phones in their back pocket and they're walking down the street and, and their phone is dialing 911. I see, okay. We have well, that's, that's, um, that's hard to completely eliminate given that example. But um, how, how many and you may not have this figure, but how many of those calls were made to 911 that probably shouldn't have been, you know? 
that's probably another 25% okay. that you could report it on a non-emergency public safety line, whether it be somebody speeding on the highway or a, a reckless driver, you know, you can call, call direct to the State Highway Patrol. Uh, Teresa, pull that mic just a bit closer, if you don't mind. Now, um, golly, I can't remember what year it was. I think 1991 or thereabouts is when I got my first cell phone. It was over in Virginia Beach, and uh, I had bought a radio station there in Norfolk. And um, the chief engineer, the first day I got into the um, station, walked in and handed me this big pack that you you know what I mean, mm -hmm. a portable um, block phone or something. I don't know what you call it. But um, um, cell phones have changed everything. And I'm sure they've had an effect on 911. Now, um, in reading, I, I, folks, by the way, there's a website uh, for the Athens County 911. Um and if you just Google Athens County 911, um, you'll see it pop up, and then you can go to it. And there's all sorts of important information. But one thing I hadn't really thought about was uh, your cell phone. And um, the 911 center is encouraging people to fill out this emergency registration form, right? Yes. And it's real simple. They just want your name and the phone number and uh, your, your personal address and all that sort of thing. Very simple stuff. But once it's registered, uh, if you should use your phone uh, to report a cell phone, um, then I suppose that information automatically pops up on your screens, right? It's attached to the cell phone registry, yes. Yeah. Well, I've never done that. So later in the day, I will. Um, but, um, but, you know, if I've never done it, I'll bet there's a lot of folks that haven't, right? Yes, that is correct. And, and how do you deal with them when they're calling? Because you don't have their uh, advanced information. It's obtaining that location. So when I first started at 911 in 97, 70% mm -hmm. of the calls that we received came from a landline phone. So when you called in from your landline, we would get a little dot on top of your house showing us exactly where the call was coming from. Sure, sure. When cell phones became popular, the numbers have changed. Now, 75 to 80% of the calls that we receive are from a cell phone call. So when we receive a cell phone call, we do not get a dot on top of a house. That cell phone hits a tower located in Athens County. The tower triangulates the location and the location shows us a location of an approximate location could be up to 20 meters mm -hmm. off but so, still that's pretty exact pretty close 20 so meters 20 meters yeah. yes but the problem with that is say you're on OU campus and you're in Alden library mm -hmm. 
if you don't stay on the line long enough to give us a location, you might be on the sixth floor of Alden Library. But how do we get that emergency responder to the location within the location? Right. Yeah. I'm always amazed, you know, now we have all this GPS stuff mm-hmm. in our cars and things. And, um, you know, it can tell you where you are in the route and sure. all that sort of thing. And it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Pretty, And, you know. Um, it even shows you what your speed limit is and all that stuff and if you're exceeding it or not. Um, so these systems are all incorporated into your general massive system, right? Yes, it's all integrated. We have a new system called Rapid SOS, and it is satellite-based for 911 calls coming in, and it, does, it has the same technology that you're talking about, GPS, like Find My iPhone, it actually will give pinpoint the exact location of the caller and if you disconnect the line it'll show your location for 15 minutes hmm. so if you had where say, you last used it yeah okay i'm sorry i interrupted you no you're Go, fine okay um now that's hyper reach or no. what now there's a new system you've also using called hyper reach right Yes, now HyperReach is used for mass notifications. So the public messages that we send out on the snow emergencies, oh, that, yes. those are generated through the Athens County 911 Center. And when the sheriff declares level one, two, or three, mm-hmm. he will notify the center, then we launch those through this HyperReach program. This program also has the ability to send out mass notifications. So say, for instance, we had an incident like Palestine. We could send out, we could geofence an area and send out a mass notification to create an evacuation of a certain area. So we do have that capability, and that's what the HyperReach program is capable of doing. Recently, we've had this um, recycling center fire down in, uh, where was it? Louisville mm-hmm. and seeing the the videos of that billowing black smoke mercy and they use a similar system for mm-hmm. all the people living in that region to get them away from the, the billowing black smoke and and to safety right right yeah and it could be used for um, if you had a missing child in an area you could send out a mass notification to everyone to be on the lookout or an absconded prisoner Mm. yeah i've received such notices you know on my um, cell phone and so on um so okay so i'm trying to think a hundred thousand calls last year roughly um and you got uh, four at the most on duty at a moment mm-hmm. answering those calls and at the at the thinnest times two they must be really busy they are very busy what goes on in that center is unimaginable those folks working that desk are under stress at all times, they go from zero to a hundred, zero to a hundred, all day long. Mm. So, um, you know, I 
I've heard some stories about odd calls mm-hmm. that really shouldn't have been made to 911, but uh, they were. Mm-hmm. Can you um, talk about a couple stories? That, you know what I mean? Um, and how do your dispatchers handle that? By say, you know, they've got to inform somebody that this should not have been made to us. Sure. You get to to each person an emergency is defined differently. So you might have what appears to be an emergency to one individual that is not to another. Mm. Um, you know, y- you hear of calls of people not getting the right order going through a McDonald's or... Really? Yes. Or I've had before a call that it was in September that somebody called in and didn't pick up their shoes and they were white at a shoe store and they wasn't going to be back till the spring till because you don't wear white after September. So I didn't know that rule, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, you know, how do you, obviously your dispatcher has to say, I'm sorry, this is not the type of call you should have made. Sure. And we try to assist any way we can. And a lot of people have never called 911, don't know the protocol, don't know the system. So we try to educate when they call in as well. You know, there are other resources out there. We have 211. We have the 988 now that's been implemented. Well, wait a minute. You 211, what's that? That's the United Appeal. So if somebody needed a resource and emergency services cannot help say you're at a storm in the winter and somebody's out of oxygen it's a resource that folks can call to get services and assistance in helping them find resources that emergency services cannot provide and what was the you said 988 or something like that yeah 988 is the new suicide hotline number that folks can call so if you call 988, you're routed to an operator, and then they will transfer that call to the local agency that's providing um, resources and services. Are there other numbers that uh, similar? Uh, is this a nationwide system, each of these? Yes, 988 okay. just launched this year. Okay. But we, we've been running a system similar to that for a long time. Sure. And when you call 911, we get your information and we know exactly who's calling, where you're calling from, and we can see the location of where the call is coming from. When you call 988, it goes to a call center, so they don't get that information to transfer back. So if anybody is needing mental health services or feeling depressed or suicidal, if they call us, we can get them directly to the agency that they need and we can provide them the service they need to get there. Um, now, there's there's something called Phase 2, Enhanced. Yes. Um, does our county have that? Yes. And w- w- what is the, what's different about that? Okay, so there's Basic 911, there's Phase 1, there's Phase 2, Enhanced, and now 911 is progressing to Next Generation 911. So phase one is where when you call 911, 
it hits a tower site but does not give you a location. Hmm. So we have been phase two for probably well over 10 years. Phase okay. two is when the call hits the tower site, then triangulates and comes up with the best location possible. Right. And we have the capability that we can hit a re rebid button and we can continually hit that as the location gets better where we can see where the caller is calling from. Now the next generation that we're stepping into is all GPS location of the device and that's where we're moving into and the rapid SOS that I was speaking of is what the GPS location is so now it's satellite and not cellular data defined location. So um, this uh, we're in phase two and you're going to this next thing and what's it called? It's next generation 911. Okay. It's voice over internet protocol everything is going to internet base. And is that in service or about to become in service? Here, well, I'm we are already uh, next generation ready. Okay. We've got the fiber optic. We've got the only thing that we are yet to do is connect to the what's called the EZNet, which is an emergency services internet. And that's how we are going to create interoperability between all 911 centers across the United States. Now, um, I, I keep bringing up, or I've brought up already this um, 911 emergency registration form. Mm -hmm. Is that meant primarily for cell phone users or is it for anyone? So it's for anyone because if you live, if you still have a landline phone, yes. which not many residents in the county do, but if you do and you call in from that landline phone if you had a medical condition you wanted to put in that information an emergency contact you could put uh, premise information like you have a gas well or a propane tank on the property we can input all of that in and it would show on your address as when a dispatcher would if you would call 911 would receive that information and could provide that to the emergency responders so I'm, I'm, I'm curious, but it sounds like everybody should fill out that form. Um, what, um, do you have any idea how many people in our county have done such a thing? There's been a lot. I mean, okay. we, have, we have thousands yeah. but uploaded, we okay. but there's still a lot that could assist. And if you have a smartphone, if you put your emergency information in your smartphone, due to our new technology with the rapid SOS, it will send all of that data with a phone call as well. Well, okay. So um, when you get a call, what are the dispatchers supposed to do? They are asking an initial survey on every call that they handle. The most crucial question that they ask is the location, because without the location, we cannot help you. We have technology that's showing, but we can't rely on our technology to be accurate. And like I said, if you have a big apartment building, mm -hmm. you know, we need the location within the location. That is the most crucial question that they ask the location. We're getting the caller's name, the callback number, and the chief complaint. So is it police, fire, or medical emergency? 
Um, and then within the county, there are how many? Five, was it? Or six um, different EMS um, dispatch, not dispatchers, but stations stations so we have five ems stations strategically placed to offer the citizens the best coverage in athens county we have athens has one station and they're running two to two to three squads at all times station in gloucester station in nelsonville station in albany and a station in coolville okay um so you mentioned squads um, let's see, each of those places also have fire uh, services, right? No. No? Fire service is completely separate from EMS. We have two staffed full-time fire departments in Athens County, and that would be Athens City Fire Department and Nelsonville City Fire Department. Okay. We have 12 volunteer fire departments. Right. And with our volunteer fire departments, um, they are located in each township. So each township has their own fire department. Some townships have two fire departments. Uh, Trimble Township has Gloucester and Jacksonville Fire Department. The problem that we have with the volunteer fire departments are the lack of volunteers. You have fire department members that have been there from maybe their grandfathers. I to understand, their yep. And, uh... But they need more people because people are getting older. Yes, they yeah. definitely need more volunteers. We have implemented a auto aid policy through the 911 center, which means any call that meets the criteria of a structure fire, we activate an auto aid, which sends additional departments to cover a working structure fire because one department no longer has the manpower. It takes two, three, sometimes four and five departments to handle one structure fire. The um, um, folks, it might be a good thing to mention that uh, these volunteer fire departments need um, need more people to help because um, the numbers they used to have have diminished. And mostly because of age, and so um, now, well, when if you notify, um, oh, let's see here, name a, a nearby volunteer fire department, Richland. Okay, Richland. Um, now, do you do you have does your system notify their volunteers, or is there some central? point that it contacts and then it makes the determination of how many people are needed no so if we get a call for richland fire district um, we are obtaining the information and on our console our 911 consoles we hit buttons and they send out alert tones mm -hmm. these firemen carry pagers right. we also have a technology called active alert which sends their their cell phone devices a location with a dot on it and gives them a brief description of what they are responding to okay so let's take the richland uh, volunteer fire department um i know several people on that and um 
Now, can someone living in that region, are they supposed to call 911, or what if they call the Richland Fire Department? If you call it, the Does that go straight to you folks then? Is that really, or um, uh, go, go ahead, I interrupt. No, you. they would need to call 911. Okay. If they call the Richland Fire Department, they're going to get a business line if you wanted to report like a controlled burn or something you're not going to get emergency services. 911, if you have a fire, you need to call 911. Okay. And, um, all right. So everybody should register, even if you still have a landline, right? That's correct. Okay. I, I thought this registration thing was more for cellular, but... The only reason that's true is because many people have abandoned landlines. Sure. Well, and with the cellular, you know, you can put your address in there, but that doesn't mean when that's, you call that right. that's where you are going to be. Yeah, of course. So the dispatchers are wanting to know your precise location, right? That's correct. Okay. Now, there's a... Um, uh, what do you call it? Our county has a coordinating technical advisory committee, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't know that, and but it makes sense now that I think about it. Um, but when I went to um, you know to your website, I learned of it. Mm -hmm. And so this group, there's 15 members. It includes, of course, sheriffs and fire chiefs and. Um, highway patrol, um, OU, um, all that sort of thing. Um, and and w their job is to advise your organization somewhat? That's correct. We actually met yesterday. We do quarterly meetings. Quarterly. Okay. And what I do is I take the presentation of our numbers what the center is doing, the new technology, where the center is moving, and it's advising them of everything that's going on in the 911 arena. Okay, so as, as um, I'm, I'm guessing that there's some sort of organization that oversees, or rather is advisory to 911 centers um, statewide as well as nationwide. Um, when you attend such things, um, whether it's an annual meeting or whatever, um, and you speak to others, how do we rank in terms of capabilities? Are we better than most? Are we typical? Are we, uh, do we have, you know what I'm trying to say. Sure. Our technology is the best of the best. Cool. We just implemented last week the ability to receive. We haven't went live. I want to make that quite clear, but video and picture. We're receiving text to 911. Our technology, our CAD systems are upgraded. We just had a state audit. We are good to go with the state of Ohio. Our training certifications are up to date. I couldn't be more proud of what we've got going on here in Athens County. And anybody, my friends, my family that would need to call 911, there is no doubt in my question that I have that we are quite capable and professional. 
and have the training to handle any type of call that comes into that center. Well, one of the things I've also heard is that um, I guess any 911 center would have this problem, and that is calls that they shouldn't have received, right? Mm-hmm. Now, before we went on the air, I told you about one I had heard about, and it just, I couldn't believe it. Um, what, um, give some examples of calls you've received, not you, but I mean your department, that really shouldn't have been made to 911. Well, calling that you locked your keys in your car. Um, calling to get weather updates, calling to see if trick-or-treat is ongoing, calling to see if a school is open or closed. Those are all calls that really the community needs to listen to the radio, check out social media. We've got to keep those calls off emergency lines because we only have so many people working and so many trunk lines that we can answer calls, and we've got to save those lines for emergencies. Imagine somebody having to wait if you have a cardiac, a heart attack, and we have to render CPR instructions, and the next call is somebody calling in wanting to know what time the pool opens. Mm, Yes. Well, you bring up another point, and that is there are things that your dispatchers can do over the phone to help with the situation. So you said CPR a moment ago. And, um, you know, if someone is in that situation, that means that each of your dispatchers need to have a certain degree of knowledge about um, things to advise the person calling to do until help arrives, right? Absolutely. So Uh, you mentioned CPR. Give some other examples. um, Controlling the bleed. Um, Narcan. Narcan's been quite popular, um, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we give pre-arrival for choking. Uh, um, we give pre-arrival for bleeding, pre-arrival for seizures, pre-arrival for... Our dispatchers are emergency medical dispatchers. They are trained. They have tele- telephone CPR instructions. They do CPR, or the CPR, and they do continuing education of at least 30 hours per year. Okay, so if you if you had a vacancy and you were hiring someone today, and you, mm-hmm. um, what kind of training do they have to have before they're ready to sit at the desk and do it? How how long? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a process. We can't just bring somebody in off the street and throw them in a of chair and have them answer 911 calls. So it starts with a testing process. Um, they take a test. They have to pass a hearing test, a drug screening. They come in, and I am a, a public safety telecommunicator instructor. I have one other instructor on site. That is a 40-hour course that they have to take just to become certified in public safety telecommunicator. Then they go through the EMD, which is a five-week course, and they get NIMS training, which stands for the National Incident Management Systems. 
and there's several courses that they have to take involving that. Um, and they do eight to nine weeks on the job training. And that training gets them trained enough to be independent, but the, tr the entire training process to get dispatchers where we need to be is every bit of a year. So when we have a dispatcher leave, it's a process getting somebody back in in the center to be able to handle those calls and we rely on our senior dispatchers currently today i have over 50 years of experience sitting on my day shift and we use those folks to be mentors because it's all about training teaching and trying to get better each day that they walk in to be better today than they were yesterday um i think about the the stats we um that you uh, gave me earlier that <clears throat> during the course of a year, 100,000 calls. Um, I, I want to whip out my calculator and divide that by 365 days and that sort of thing. Um, the, um, I, I, it's just beyond my comprehension, you know, to have that many. So, there must be a time when all the lines are busy. Um, no. Okay, how's that avoided? So our calls are voice over internet protocol. So those lines are ringing into the center no matter what. Okay. So we are set up with a protocol that if our lines are not answered in 15 seconds, they will roll in to our backup PSAP, which stands for Public Safety Answering Point, which is Ohio University. So if we are overexhausted with calls coming in, the next call is routed to Ohio University Police. I see. So we do have a fallover system. Everything that we do is redundant. We, as 911, we have to have the redundancy. We cannot let one call go unanswered. Of course. So in the state says, the state comes and says every 911 call has to be answered. 90% of 911 calls have to be answered in the first 15 seconds. Hmm. 95 of them have to be answered in 20 seconds. We meet the state requirements. Wow. Well, okay, so um, how many, statistically speaking, I guess, um, how many times has it rolled over to the OU police? Is that a huge number or? It just depends on this situation. Um, on the 25th of March, we had that windstorm come in. Yes. My dispatchers, when I pulled the t statistics for that date, there was, for a four hour period, they were answering over 90 calls an hour. What folks don't realize that we're just not 911 call takers. We have support services that we need to contact too. We're notifying AEP, we're notifying the township garage, the state garage, we're notifying non-emergency personnel services as well. On those type of incidents, it's possible that calls will roll over or a serious head-on collision on the highway. If 15 people are calling at the same time, and we have four people, we can't answer all those calls at the same time. It, there is a possibility that we're gonna get rollovers depending on. So a high intensity incident, we may have rollovers. Sure. 
you know, if someone observes an accident and they're trying to do their best to help those involved, you could have many calls sure. about the same incident. Yes. Um, so the screens that uh, are in front of your dispatchers, mm-hmm. um, are those, are those uh, kind of screens shared with OU police when it rolls over, or are they just picking up the phone? So OU is our secondary PSAP, and they are our partner. They do answer our rollovers, and yes, they will see the screen and the information. But they are the only other agency in the county that actually gets um, that information from us. Interesting. Well, what have I uh, failed to bring up that you think is important? We have about uh, six minutes or so. Maybe, maybe five actually. But um, what what do you think that uh, I should have asked that I haven't? Um, a couple things that you know, just what dispatchers want the public to know about what they do. And I have a few things that I would like to um, share with the public. Okay. And. Folks, by the way, our, our guest this morning, Teresa Fouts Immler, who is director of our 911 center. Okay, Teresa. Yeah, they, you know, they want you to know that dispatchers, they do get a bad rap. There is so much good that they do. Um, and what you hear in the media about 911 is typically negative. Really? You know, I don't. I hope we aren't doing that. No, 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 yeah. no, no. But okay. it's like when you look, if you Google national news or anything, it's what the dispatcher did wrong. And you know, we're handling so many calls a year, and they do so many great things, from CPR to helping assist deliver children and helping everybody in a time of need. The the really good things that they do. I mean, they're truly amazing trained professionals. Mm-hmm. And any time that I can give them a shout out or a pat on the back, that's extremely important. The um, so again, things that I you would wish I maybe had brought up that I haven't. A um, hundred thousand calls last year, and um, we broke it up: sixty thousand of this and forty thousand of that. Do that one more time. Um, Forty thousand nine one one calls, sixty thousand non emergency calls. Okay. And one thing that dispatchers do that the pub- public is probably not aware of is the data entry. So all the warrants in Athens County are entered into the nine one one, brought into the center, and we enter those in the national databases. Amber alerts, protection orders, concealed carry permits. If you call in and report that your gun is stolen. The 911 center is the entering agency of all articles being entered into those national database systems. Hmm. Well, um, let's see here. Um, is there anything else I've failed to bring up that you had hoped I would? The, um, I mean, we 
we've got just a couple minutes left, but um, you have vacancies, right? Yes, we are accepting applications for intermittent telecommunicators. And now, how do they how do they get um, how do they apply? Do they go to your website? Yes, they can go to our website, fill out an application, submit it, then we'll call them in for the testing process. Okay. And um, the um, I, I mentioned Googling Athens 911. Um, but the website is what? It's Athens911.com. Oh, well, that's easy. Yes. Yeah. Athens. 911, no spaces or anything like that, dot com. Um, the, um, besides dispatchers, do you have any other folks employed in, in supervisors and so on? Um, that's, that's just it, right? The center itself. And my coordinator that takes care of all my technology and my administrative assistant that handles all of my human resources sure. and payroll and Neat. all right well um, do you it sounds to me like you're very proud of that department right yes and um, that volume how does that compare with neighboring counties is that well I think Athens Athens is unique for the fact that we dispatch police, fire, and EMS, and we are also the main dispatcher. We do all the dispatching for the sheriff's office, non-emergency, and emergency, because we have five law enforcement agencies, 14 fire departments, five EMS stations, and then we're also the hub of the entering agency of all the documentation for the sheriff's office and the court system for warrants and anything processed through the systems. Well, Teresa, I appreciate you coming in and uh, um, sharing all this information with us. Yes, thank you for having me. You bet. Folks, uh, It's uh, we've got about, I don't know, 45 seconds or so. Um, right now, it's now climbed up to 55 degrees here on Columbus Road. And um, we've got, um, once again, we're, uh, it's supposed to top out at 84 today. Um, let's see, tomorrow we might have some rain showers, and Sunday they're even talking about thunderstorms. So what, it, what will be, will be, certainly. Looking forward to next week. On uh, Tuesday we'll have uh, John Hurt, who's superintendent of Treadmill Local Schools. Um, Bill Hoschild's coming in on Wednesday of next week to talk about race for a reason. That's always a great event. And uh, then next Thursday, the mayor of Athens, uh, Steve Patterson. He joins us generally once a month. All right. Well, th that's going to do it, folks. In our 73rd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.3 FM. This is CBS.